Hi everyone and welcome to Heads Up. This is the podcast that looks at some of the mental health challenges facing students at Bath and what you can do to overcome them. I'm Paul Johnson, a counsellor here at the university, and today I'm going to be joined by a couple of colleagues, Nicola Peacock, a counsellor and mindfulness teacher here, and Effie Lund, cognitive behavioural therapist. And today we're looking at the topic of psychological resilience, what it is, why you might want it, and what you can do to build it. Of course, it's a pretty stressful time to be a student, ever-growing academic demands, money problems and social pressures. And now you can add to that the uncertainty of the coronavirus pandemic. Being able to deal with these and other challenges and still find happiness and success, however you define those things, certainly requires resilience. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation on psychological resilience. So Nick and Effie, let's start with first principles then. What exactly do we mean by this thing called psychological resilience and why do we think it's important? I think when when we talk about resilience, I think what most people have in mind is this idea that when life is stressful and difficult and challenging, it's this ability to respond to that uh, and to, to bounce back from the challenges that come our way. So when we're faced with a yeah, a setback or a failure. We don't just give up and kind of collapse, but we are able to to get back on track and to um, to sort of adapt to that difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Effie. That's great. Nick, is there anything you you'd add to that, or or even challenge on that in terms of a, a definition, if you like, of resilience and and an idea about why it's important? Yeah, so I think, you know, I agree with Effie. I think um, I think that captures it. But I'd go that one step further and say, for me, I think resilience is about bouncing back, but it's also about growing through difficult experiences. So how we kind of grow when we're faced with adversity. So it's about that kind of idea about surviving, but it's also about thriving yeah that's great thanks well i think both those definitions are are really helpful because sometimes resilience i think the idea or certainly the word get gets a bit of a bad press in that i mean it does have these kind of connotations of toughness or somehow being hard or kind of unyielding in other words you know implies someone who doesn't feel their feelings or isn't ever vulnerable but i think in, in terms of what you both said it does speak to the the kind of flexibility that um that we mean when we're talking about resilience so the ability to you know to experience go through really painful things to experience feelings like sadness and and fear uh, and still be able to live a satisfying fulfilling life even with those feelings you know, those feelings being part of it and, and then being able to overcome or go through or bounce back uh, in spite of and even with those feelings in a kind of flexible way. I really like the idea of flexibility is like the willow tree and not, not the oak. So that kind of flexibility and, and bending of, of the willow rather than that kind of um, fixed rigidity of the, of the oak tree. I quite like that as an image. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. It, it, it makes me wonder then how, how it is that some of us uh, enter adulthood with some of that willow-like quality, in other words, with some, some kind of flexibility and resilience, psychologically speaking, and yet for other people, um, others among us, there can be a tendency to get overwhelmed by the kind of slings and arrows of life, uh, get really flawed 
when things get get difficult. Do you, do you either of you have any thoughts as to what it is early on in life that means that there is that real variation in in the levels of resilience that we have as we enter adulthood? Early on in life, if we are able to connect to our caregivers, so our you know our um, our, our parents usually, and we feel safe and we feel connected and we feel seen and um, our parents are able to respond to us, then I think that contributes, or the science suggests that that contributes to the development of a healthy nervous system um, and the ability of the child to be soothed and to learn how to soothe themselves. So I, I think that's important, but I also want to kind of suggest as well that um, a child that goes through adversity, so a child that suffers difficulty growing up, can also learn how to adapt and can and learn can, can learn resilience through facing difficulty. So I think it's both. It's this kind of idea of sensitization. So going through difficulty can 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 mean that we might become more sensitized um, in later life, but it can also inoculate us. So I, I think there's kind of two two parts to that. And I guess what you're saying, Nick, is that um, early experience, even if it's adverse in some way, can actually contribute to resilience if you come out the other end okay. You know, presumably having had a kind of secure base that you're talking about. That's what I understood from what you said. Yeah, that's right. Um, Tick Nathan, you know the um, um, the the meditation uh, teacher. He he says something which I just think is so lovely. He he says, "No mud, no lotus," which I think is beautiful. It's that idea of you know actually, if there isn't adversity, we 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 often can't flourish and grow um, fully as human beings. And, yeah, and, and this is this is something I I do think about quite a bit, and it, in some ways it's kind of difficult or sensitive territory, but. You know, I think it's true that in some privileged parts of society, lots of people are growing up with, you know, with levels of wealth and comfort and safety that, uh, you know, they would have been unimaginable even 100 years ago, let alone um, thousands or ten thousands of years ago. And and, and in contexts like that, what what can happen is that well-meaning parents have got the means to almost stop their children ever facing uh, any kind of real adversity or hardship and and life you know life for those children can can be you know a string of successes so if you never fail if you never have the experience of failure or hardship or adversity it, it is possible to grow up kind of um coddled with a bit of a thin skin so that when mm. inevitably in adulthood we face real difficulties you know failure or rejection or loss then people can be completely flawed by it because they haven't been given the opportunity uh, with all best intentions of developing any kind of resilience so i think that you know, that that can contribute actually to people coming into into adulthood low in terms of resilience as well as you know what you were saying earlier nick if the if the trauma is too great or if the child is completely trapped or hasn't had a good enough start in life that's the other side of the coin that can that can be a real um, detriment to to resilience we need to kind of also remember in all of this that i mean i i yeah i do want people to go away with the with the idea that anybody can cultivate it really important that, that it's it's open to all of us and in fact you know as human beings 
um, life is stressful and the reason we've evolved and that we're still here as a you know as a species is, is because we have this capacity for resilience okay that's great so both of you have been talking actually already about uh, you're providing really an optimistic perspective that whatever our level of resilience might be um, as a result of early experience we can cultivate uh, greater resilience or certainly there are options that that for doing that i just wonder if we can turn to that now because that's really the nub of the the issue for the podcast what what can people do what can we all do to to build resilience uh, and and i thought maybe a good place to start with this is to think about um, something i think of as a as a resilient mindset and if we, we were talking uh, earlier about some of your perspectives from a cbt point of view especially in terms of how how we think about and frame in our own minds the idea of of failure which can be so disabling uh, for people so do, do you have thoughts in terms of um how you would apply uh cbt to the idea of failure so that we can bounce back from it yeah well a central cornerstone of cbt is this idea that that we interpret situations differently and we can we can th see things either you know from a positive angle or from quite a negative angle you mentioned the word you know reframing for this idea of looking at a situation something difficult that happens a failure or a rejection uh, and just viewing it from a different perspective to to see it differently but 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 to see it perhaps as as an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow, that is, I think, characteristic of quite a resilient, flexible mindset. Because if we have a tendency to sort of automatically look at situations in quite a, a, a black and white way or, or, or a quite a rigid way, then it, it can have quite serious consequences in terms of, of how we end up feeling so yeah we can we can get better at practicing um, this psychological flexibility and and sometimes challenging the way that we're thinking or challenging certain beliefs that we hold about ourselves or about the world or about other people i i read about um i think it was a professor in the u.s a, quite a successful academic who was working with young people who would get really discouraged when they failed at something or they were re rejected from a job or in their personal lives he said you see success that i've kind of demonstrated in, in my life but what you don't see is the numerous multiple failures that have led to my successes and so he published um his cv of all his failures so every paper that had been rejected every book that was rejected every job that he didn't get and you know it was really long a long document but the point is that we we, we hone in on on those the things that don't work out the, the things that don't go according to plan and and tend to kind of focus on them and fixate on them but actually we have to um, experience them in order to succeed um, I, I love this idea of the uh, the cv of failures yeah, it's yeah. a great, it's, it, you know, someone really setting a, a great example there, isn't, isn't it, in terms of being open to it. Thanks, Effie. 
Um, Nick, I wonder if you've got anything um, you would add while we're thinking about this idea of a, of a kind of resilient or, if you like, thinking about it this way, flexible, psychologically flexible mindset. Any particular perspectives you've got, maybe from your background as a, as a mindfulness teacher, someone interested in, in Buddhist thinking, or indeed your work in acceptance and commitment therapy. Uh, anything there that, that um, would build on what Effie's been saying or just add a different perspective? This morning I went for a swim and when I was swimming, what I noticed was a real feeling of strength in my body. So I could really feel the strength in the muscles in my arms and my legs as I moved. And what I noticed was that that feeling of strength really enabled me then to um, entertain the possibility of the next six months being uh, another opportunity to do things differently to perhaps learn from it in the way that the last lockdown was for me very much a kind of growth experience i learned a lot from being in lockdown for three months so it's just interesting that feeling strong and feeling resilient in my body changed my mindset or, or kind of opened up the possibility of something mm -hmm. being different and i think we, we often forget the body but something that people can do that's that's really simple is to re-engage with a physical activity that they enjoy that makes them feel good that makes them feel strong or simply to you know straighten the spine i mean i've just done it now just sitting here just in kind of lengthening my spine and we practice this a lot in mindfulness it just it, it, i feel differently about about being here about talking to you right now so i think there are kind of things that we can do with the body that can really help us to increase our, our resilience. And it's all yeah, about I find this whole area really fascinating, actually, the way, you know, we can use, you know, as you say, the body, use the physiology to lead the psychology, actually. Mm -hmm. And I think those are two lovely examples you've given there. And it really, really does steer us um, where I wanted to go with this, which is for those people um, who are thinking, you know, that might they're talking about mindset might be rather abstract or quite hard to get a handle on. What you've taken us to there is something really practical, really down to earth, uh, simple practices that we can uh, maybe experiment with or introduce uh, into daily life that can help give us a kind of embodied um, sense of resilience and, and improve our psychological resilience too. Um, so you've given a couple of great examples. And of course, you know, broadly there, you're talking about swimming. Of course, exercise is a huge one, isn't it, in terms of uh, creating both physical resilience, you know, immune system and all that, as well as psychological resilience. And I think what you've said speaks to that really well. Um, and of course, when we're in this whole realm, if you like, of, of self-care, there are so many things that work for so many different people. There's a huge variation in terms of what works for one person versus what works for another. But maybe we could just spend a, a minute or two just suggesting one or two things each that, you know, that a lot of people do find helpful in terms of basic self-care to promote well-being and resilience. Um, Effie, I don't know if you've got one or two practices that either you recommend to clients or that you have a, have a strong sense that, are, uh, that a lot of people really get on well with or things that are really important to you personally. Yeah, well, just building on what Nick was saying about almost going into and going towards an uncomfortable feeling, I would want to add that you know it's really good practice, I think, to, to keep going towards 
these challenging situations and, and taking risks and being open to mistakes and, and, and failure. In a kind of similar vein to that, I think we, we often think of self-care as this cliche of having a bubble bath, you know, doing something like that, something really easy and indulgent. I, I think it was on a podcast I listened to not long ago. Somebody said that actually sometimes the most um, kind of loving thing that you can do for yourself and, and a, a really good act of self-care is something really difficult. For example, your tax return. You know, so, so sometimes self-care is about doing those really difficult things that you don't want to do and that you're kind of anxious about and you're worried about failing with. So I would say, you know, kind of reframing self-care is from that, from that angle. Something that I... I really love a big fan of is um, gratitude practice. So again, you're developing a, a sort of an ability to look at whatever situation you're in, whatever, however life is for you in the moment. You're going and you're looking for the things that are good, the things that you're pleased with, the things that you're grateful for. I think it's a it's a really powerful way of getting used to looking for the good when actually a lot of the time we just want to hone in on what's not working and what's going badly I would really recommend that it's very very simple it's just five or ten things every day um that that you notice that you're grateful for and I guess all three of us as as therapists we're bound to say that one of the real foundations of of resilience and Nick you were alluding to this earlier when we were talking about early experience one of the real foundations is is connection with other people in other words in other words, relationships. So in the in the here and now of our lives, if we're connected with other people, that too can be a really significant component of, of resilience. I, I just think that having other people around, people that you trust and are, and are close to and, and who you like and, and who like you, can be a really good form of support. And I think sometimes we would rather hide away a bit or withdraw from that but when things are difficult and we're not feeling very resilient friends community family can be really good and I think we sometimes forget that in the moment but also I think actually supporting other people being being there for other people supporting your friends when they're having a difficult time or they've been through a rejection or something like that it gives you a sense of purpose and of, of meaning and and I think that can contribute to your own resilience so community and, and having people around and reaching out to people and sharing and being open um, about how you feel is is just really good it's really healthy yeah it's something I'd, re- that I'd I really echo that 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 using your capacity to you know show empathy or compassion or or simple kindness actually can be a really strengthening thing to do actually it seems in some way to me to be a kind of a cousin really of, of developing this quality of gratitude is actually to, to cultivate kindness too as a as a means of kind of strengthening sense mm-hmm. of self uh, and I, I'm also really glad you mentioned there in, in your description of that this idea of purpose or meaning this is something I think a lot about and I know Nick you do too in terms of the work we do together on acceptance and commitment therapy in a group setting the importance of a sense of purpose or meaning in helping us deal with hardship with adversity with difficult experience either external experience or or inner experience yeah if we can connect with what matters to us it can give us that kind of sense of direction it can guide us 
So, Paul, we talk about um, the, the metaphor of the compass, um, which I think is really nice. You know, when we connect with, with what's important to us, it can guide us through our life and help us to make those choices which make us feel good about ourselves, which lead us in the direction of being more the people that we want to be, which, again, builds, builds resilience. And, you know, again, back to what you said, Paul, really important that, that, that we cultivate this kindness towards others, but also really important that we do that with ourselves. And that can be, um, I think we'd all agree that that can be one of the biggest challenges in, in life is how we can cultivate this ability to befriend ourselves. You know, we... we yeah find it much easier don't we to be kind to others than we do to ourselves oh it's terribly difficult yeah mm. and and just just yeah one more point on this idea of perspective uh, that you know when you're in the middle of something and it's really difficult and you don't know if you're gonna come through it I think I think being able to find a bit of perspective and kind of get in touch with the, the bigger picture you know step back from it and ask yourself is this going to is this going to matter in a month's time or five years time or even if it if it, if it does matter how will I feel about it you know it's, it's kind of getting getting a sense of as you say Nick you know where am I going what am I doing and what's important to me uh, where am I heading and and and, and what, what are my values along the way I think can can help us when we're stuck in a bit of a bubble that this ability to, to stand back and to see the, the situation, a, a difficulty, a problem from a new, bigger perspective. Well, yeah. that, that's, that's great. Thanks. Thanks, guys. There's a huge amount there that, that we've covered. I've just been taking a few notes as we've, we've been going, on in ter- going along in terms of what can help build uh, resilience. We've been talking about reframing failure and changing changing our perspective on difficulties uh, mindfulness practices basic self-care cultivating gratitude and kindness building connections with uh, with other people and with other other beings you know you were talking about animals nick and, and building meaning you know being true to our our values and what's important to us so many different um possibilities for people to think about and explore and maybe try out and of course all those things will have a value for some people and at the same time, I think it's important to, to, to really acknowledge that there are going to be people who, despite their best efforts uh, to build resilience, still find that life's too much, that they, they're becoming overwhelmed, they're in crisis, or they just can't bounce back from whatever it is they're facing, either now or what they've faced in the past. And if, if that's the case for you, we, we should emphasise you don't have to do this alone. We'd really encourage you to come forward for help. Uh, and here at the university, that might mean in the first instance, coming to talk to one of the well-being advisors and, and maybe from there possibly going on to do a bit of work with one of the one of us, one of the counsellors or one of the mental health workers. Uh, and as, as part of that, you might be able to come to terms with whatever it is that feels feels overwhelming, whatever it is that's getting in the way of you living the life you want to live and find some freedom from that. Uh, and maybe as part of that, along the way, learning some new psychological skills like the ones we've been talking about to help you build some resilience from the inside out so that's probably about all we've got time for today um thanks nick and effie talking of gratitude i'm grateful for you coming on and sharing your expertise it's been fun uh, and good luck to all of you who are going to take away some of these ideas and try and build your resilience
So we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Heads Up and it's given you some useful ideas. Check out our other episodes on soundcloud.com. Just type University of Bath Heads Up in the search bar. And if you've got any comments or questions about what we've been discussing today or you've got any ideas for what else we should be covering, just email us at listening at bath.ac.uk. Thanks for tuning in.